So I said yesterday that this is a version of Prisoner's Dilemma. Um, how many people have done Prisoner's Dilemma anywhere? And do you guys feel like you understand it? Well, no, some people... I mean, it seems fairly simple, but I feel like... Okay, no, no, no. Once you get... It's one of those things that once you get it, it seems fairly simple, but until you get it, it doesn't. Yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, it's... I took IR, and then I didn't really want to get any so... Okay. So, and then... But some of you don't know it. So, basically, this is... I think this is a pretty good introduction to Prisoner's Dilemma. Um, what we're going to do is talk a little bit about Prisoner's Dilemma, watch a little bit more, and then either today or tomorrow. I think today we should figure out, I want to do a little bit more of Adam Smith on self-command, but we should figure out what we're going to do for the last five weeks, which is basically what we have. Um, so, or maybe it would be better to say what we're not going to do. So, the basic idea in Prisoner's Dilemma, can someone explain it without going into the, how, how it's like golden balls? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so the basic idea in Prisoner's Dilemma is you as, a, as one person, so just imagine that this is um, happening to you. Um, you have been caught, and you know the other person is going to have the same deal that is given to you, but you've been caught committing a crime. And if you rat out on the other person, instead of being fined $100, you will be... Um, uh, you won't be fined at all. If they... so Well, two, there are two possibilities. If you rat out the other person, you will either be fined $10 or nothing, depending on whether they ratted you out. So if you rat them out and they rat you out, then you'll both be fined $10. If you rat them out, but they don't rat you out, you'll go free, and they'll be fined $100. You know that they have the same um, choice given to them. That is, if they rat you out and you rat them out, you'll both be fined $10. If they rat you out, but you don't rat them out, um, they'll go free, and um, you'll be fined $100. If neither of you rats the other out... That is, if you um, both refuse to rat the other one out, you will both be fined $20. So what you say to yourself <coughs> is, whatever I do, or whatever the other person does, I will come out ahead if I rat them out. Because if they don't rat me out and I rat them out, then I'm free. If they, do, if they do rat me out and I rat them out, then I'm fined $10. And if they don't rat me out and I don't rat them out, then I'm fined 
And if I don't rat them out and they do rat me out, then I'm fined $100. So the two choices are I rat them out and they don't rat me out. And that's better than I don't rat them out and they don't rat me out because if neither of us rats the other out, we're fined $20 each. But if I rat them out and they don't rat me out, then I'm free. I don't have to pay anything. So if they don't rat me out, it's better for me to rat them out. Okay, does everyone see that? If they do rat me out and I don't rat them out, then I'm fined $100, whereas if they do rat me out and I do rat them out, then we're fined $10 or $5, I forget what the numbers were. So in either case, no matter what they do, it's better for me to rat them out. I come out ahead of what I would what would happen in the same situation if I didn't rat them out. No matter what they do, I come out ahead if I rat them out. And I also know that they're thinking the same thing, that no matter what they do, they come out ahead if they rat me out. So under those conditions, what do you do? Yeah, so you rat them out. Unless you really hate rats, which is part of the social pressure on you not to rat them out because then people will think you're a dirty rat. So that's the externality. That's like the audience in Golden Balls. So now Golden Balls, I said, is a modified prisoner's dilemma because there are only, the outcomes are either half, the prisoner's dilemma, there are four possible outcomes. In Golden Balls, there are three possible outcomes, which is you get the whole pot, half the pot, or nothing. And in Prisoner's Dilemma, there are four possible outcomes depending on the two things you might do and the two things they might do. In Golden Balls, there are three. Do you see that? Can you turn Golden Balls, though? Is there a way to think of it as just classical Prisoner's Dilemma with four possible outcomes? If you change it so that like, it's either all going to one person, all going to one person, or half going to one person, half going to the other. Yeah. Like, you split it up by who wins the... Yeah, but no, just the way Golden Balls, the way you saw it on Monday, can you just, is there a way of interpreting it as classical prisoner's dilemma? So you can't quite do it just talking about the monetary possibilities, because the monetary possibilities are all half or none, rather than all half, none, or a fine. That might be a way of putting it. You get, so, so in prisoner's dilemma, I don't, I don't want to go on the board and show it to you because it's just not worth wasting your, your mental energy on it right now. Um, golden Balls is close enough. But I think um, Golden Balls, in fact, is a perfect prisoner's dilemma if you expand a little bit um, the idea of reward and punishment. So the basic idea, again, in prisoner's dilemma is you have two choices and the person you're playing against has two choices. Um, but the question is, are you playing against the other person or are you playing with the other person? So if you're playing against them, then you're thinking of it in one turn, in one way, which is winning is really what's important. If you're playing with them, then what you're thinking is that if you help each other, you'll both come out ahead from the way you would come out if you were playing completely selfishly. Because if both of you play selfishly, what happens in Golden Balls? That is, you both steal. What happens? 
You both lose. If you both play unselfishly, what happens? You both split. So two people playing unselfishly will do better than two people playing selfishly. That's the heart of Prisoner's Dilemma, that playing unselfishly, if both people are playing unselfishly, they will both do better than if they both play selfishly. So you can imagine what Mandeville would say about that, which is what? That playing unselfishly is a kind of Mandeville paradox. Selfishness? Yes, thank you. Playing unselfishly is a kind of selfishness. That the reason you play unselfishly is that people who play unselfishly do better than people who play selfishly. So it's a kind of selfishness. Why, what would you, how would you counter Mandible when it came to golden balls? Why, why is that not a good explanation for people, um, for how you should play golden balls? In other words, Mandible would say, of course you should play. Um, if, if we say that unselfishness is a kind of selfishness, then Mandible would say, if that turned out to be selfish, Mandible would say everyone would do it. Like everyone would take the smaller smallest slice of pizza, everyone would only take half the pot. If being unselfish was a deeper kind of selfishness, how would you answer that? Mandible, so you watch two people split. We're about to see, as I'm sure you can guess, two people split. Um, that is the two people who are playing with Scott. And Scott is the one who said, it's rubbish, it's binned, he gets voted off the island, and he says, I really hope you guys split. So, um, spoiler, they're going to split. Um, what would that support or would that um, refute Mandeville? Mandeville would say, yeah, they're splitting because they're being selfish. Um, what would you argue against that? They're selfishly splitting. What's the argument against that? Emma? True selfishness would be trying to take the whole thing for yourself. Yeah, the truth, yeah. Yeah, the true selfishness would be to fake unselfishness, to look like you're going to split, to be all um, warm and fuzzy, but underneath that warm and fuzzy exterior is a cold and prickly selfishness. Sorry? Oh, no, just like that one lady who's like, yeah, I promise to split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you have, if you think you've sussed out that the other person is going to split, then it, it's strictly, and you like, it's just crazy not to steal. You right. might think if you were like, you know, sort of just thinking. Yeah. So if you figure that the other person is going to split, it's crazy not to steal. And if you think the other person is going to steal, yeah. it's crazy not to steal. So, so the other person is either going to split or steal. You may not know which, but you know it's going to be one or the other. And in either case, you would be wrong not to steal, right? So, so that would be the argument against Mandeville, that if, if people ever split, one of two things are going on. One, they're stupid, according to Mandeville. Or two, they're unselfish, which Mandeville rules out of possibility. Are almost rules out of possibility. Yeah. The, the problem is it's obvious it's a repeated game. So you not among these people. They're, they're never going to play it again. They're not going to play it again. But like to get to this stage, they had to build. I mean, like they had to build an image. Yeah, but it's it, the problem with repeat. So one thing that people say about solving prisoners' dilemma is that prisoners' dilemma because it's a repeated game. Um, you want to get a reputation. This is what we were talking about in poker. In the same way that you want a reputation, in poker is someone who never bluffs. 
in Prisoner's Dilemma, if, it's, if you have repeated Prisoner's Dilemmas, if you're playing the same game over and over again, um, you want to get the reputation of someone who splits. Because then, over time, if both of you are splitting and both of you are showing that they're splitting, you will do better. And that's the whole point of Prisoner's Dilemma. In a single Prisoner's Dilemma, both people steal, both people are left with nothing in a situation like this. In a repeated Prisoner's Dilemma, if both people split, then every two games they'll get one pot. Each of them will get a full pot. So if they're stealing each time, they'll get nothing, and ages will go by. You can imagine a Beckett play, waiting for, um, waiting, waiting for the noble prisoner, and act, act after act after act, they're supposed to... Um, they realize that if they split, they'll do better, but each one thinks the other person is realizing the same thing, and therefore um, each one is stealing because they think the other person will finally split. So this is a little bit like the money auction. That is that each they're getting deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole because they're trying to dig themselves out of the hole in each game. But what people quickly realize in repeated prisoners' dilemmas is that if you split and the other person splits, you both do a lot better than if you both steal. And um, the only way to make that possible in repeated prisoner's dilemma is to split and have the other person then see that you will split. Even if they steal that one time, they may split the next time. Or if you split twice in a row, what they may do the third time is say, okay, this person is signaling to me that they're going to split and I don't think I should push them any farther because if I steal one more time, they're just going to say, fuck it, and they're going to stop splitting. Whereas if we split now, we can just split to the end of time. Um, and in fact, it turns out that the best strategy for repeated prisoners' dilemma, does anyone know, is tit for tat. That is, if someone splits, then you should split in the next round. If someone steals, you should steal in the next round. And that's um, eventually what happens is they realize that whatever they do, you're going to do in the next round. And so they start splitting, and um, the splitting then continues. And you get into a virtuous circle of everyone splitting. A vir virtuous circle is the opposite of a vicious circle. A virtuous circle is a good thing. A vicious circle, not so much. Um, so... That, so in Repeated Prisoner's Dilemma, that's fine. However, if you're playing Repeated Prisoner's Dilemma and you know it's the last round, then it's as though it doesn't matter that there were any rounds before that. Because the last round, even if you and the other person have been splitting for the last 30 years that you've been on Gilligan's Island, like how I did that? Even if you've been splitting the last 30 years that you've been on Gilligan's Island, now it's the last round. And in the last round, you won't get, there, there will be no tat in another round. So in the last round, you should steal because if the other person is splitting, you get everything. And if the other person thinks, oh, it's the last round, I should steal, and then um, you're not going to get anything anyhow if you split. So, so where we are in the game is the last round of the game. But again, so the four possibilities in Prisoner's Dilemma seem to be three possibilities here, but I think the, and, and um, the, but I think that's not so. I think there is a fourth 
possibility, which is the anger that people are subjected to when they win. So what happens is when one person steals and the other person splits, we've already seen this, when one person steals and the other person splits, the person who steals is loses a little bit in the steal, gets 50,000 more pounds, let's say, but also gets um, disliked by the studio audience, possibly by Jasper Carrot, who is a charismatic game show host. Um, you always want a charismatic game show host. You want the approval of the parental game show host who's seen it all. Um, and also by hundreds of thousands of people watching it on telly, as we say in England, here in England. And then 10 years later, by students in a class like this. So these are people who win some money, but the result is a hit to their reputation. Whereas those who split get a reputational boost. That is, they did the right thing, and um, we feel sorry for them, and we feel well disposed for them. We feel sympathy for them, and we feel well disposed for them. When both parties split, then they actually, I mean, sorry, when both parties steal, then they actually don't feel as bad about themselves as they do, we've seen this also, and we saw it in the friend or foe version, where both women at the end of the friend or foe version were just totally <laughs> philosophical about it, and um, you know, at least I didn't get cheated. Um, at least it worked out. I kind of felt bad about stealing until I saw that she was going to steal, and once she stole, it was fine that I stole too. So there are other values that go into this that make a pure steal less worth it than, um, than it would be if the steal is successful. The steal is discounted a little bit by a reputational hit. And if the steal is unsuccessful, then the steal is actually boosted a little bit. The reward for the steal is boosted a little bit by a, the fact that you didn't do a reputational, you didn't suffer a reputational hit, and B, that you also prevented someone else from getting away with something. And so I think that if you want to, if, I think prison, I think that, that Golden Balls actually is an almost pure prisoner's dilemma, even though, and this is the important part, it's not all, it's not all, all measurable through the cash reward. There's another reward besides the cash reward that, and another punishment besides losing cash that is part of the game show, and that's public reputation. And so I think that's what Mandible would say against you, that those who are splitting are splitting out of selfishness because they know that if they steal and the other person splits, they will be looked on as assholes. And they also know that if the other person steals, and they steal, they will be looked on as people who are not suckers. So there is a reputational value not to be considered an asshole, not to be considered a sucker, that will also go into the decision that you make in this dilemma. And so that is the fourth value. That's where to put in the fourth value that you would get 
in a regular prisoner's dilemma. Okay, so let's watch um, the Scott at the Antarctic. Who was it? Was it um, Lynn Fay who was um, saying, why don't they make a side deal? Um, someone was saying that on Monday. Um, all right, so this is, they're allowed to talk, so in a way they are making side deals, except it's part of the game as well. Um, Have all been. Before the break, it Let's was extraordinary. Yeah, this is good. Fred has £20,000 on his front row. Leanne has claimed £20,000 on a back row. And Scott, in a golden right, ball's first, has held his hands up and claimed an absolute bag of rubbish. Yeah, this is where we were. And he's yeah, they're about to, he's about to be voted off, so just go a little farther. But it won't. I love that, it won't. Anything can happen, but then he realized he couldn't quite say that. Okay, that's okay, that's good. Could this be a first? Could we have three votes for Scott? Okay, the pause third it. And final vote. So actually, he already knows the answer because he can see the back. So when he says, could there be a first, he already knows the answer is no. And so what you can see here, do you know the let's make a deal question? Um, the uh, what's behind door number, should you switch or not? Yeah, sorry? Um, no, you are supposed to. You absolutely, no, 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 that's the, that's, um, you absolutely are supposed to because it's a Monty Hall problem because Monty's always going to show you um, the door that doesn't have the prize that you want. So, so there is no surprise that he's showing you a door that has a goat behind it. Um, you have learned nothing when he shows you that door. And so the odds are still two out of three that you picked wrong when you picked the first door. So do, does everyone know this? Um, this, was, this got people into, into, this got people into, into it, mathematicians and logicians fighting enormously. Do people know who Erdish is? Paul Erdish, what an Erdish number is? Yeah. Okay, so Paul Erdish, who's Paul Erdish? He was a mathematician. Yeah, he was ridiculously prolific. He was also homeless, not because he had no money, but because he couldn't waste his time with a home. So what he would do is he would go to um, student or colleague's house. He would just show up at their houses. Um, their spouses would often be very unhappy. And he would show up and he would say, I'm here and let's do some math. And then um, they would just do math for three or four weeks until the household couldn't stand his presence anymore. And then he'd go to someone else's house. And what they would do is they would spend those three or four weeks just doing um, an enormous number of proofs, often of trivial things, but um, they would just prove tons and tons of things. And then people got Erdish numbers. So if you were a co-author of a proof with uh, Erdish, your Erdish number was was zero. If you were the co-author of someone who was the co-author with Erdish, your Erdish number was one. If you were the co-author of someone whose Erdish number was one, your Erdish number was two, and so so forth. Um, Chris Miller in the uh, biochemistry department here has an Erdish number of two. So I keep begging him to write a paper with me, um, but for some reason, um, the biochemistry and English thing isn't like doing it for him. Um, because then I'd have an Erdish number of three, which would be way cool. Um, so Erdish got the Monty Hall problem wrong, and he refused, refused, refused to concede that he got it wrong. So um, this is one place where if you understand the Monty Hall problem, 
you should think of yourself as having like an imaginary Erdős number, something on um, in the complex plane. Um, but the basic idea is, do you switch or not? And the answer is, there was a one out of three chance that you were right and a two out of three chance that you were wrong when you picked. Monty Hall knows what he's going to show you. And what he's going to show you is rubbish. And so when he shows you rubbish, you have learned nothing about the probability. The probability hasn't changed at all because he hasn't randomly opened a door. He's opened the door that shows rubbish. He knows that it shows rubbish. Both doors might have rubbish, but the odds were two out of three that one of the two doors that's left is the right door, and he just eliminates one of the two doors that's left and says that's definitely the wrong door, but he will always do that. So if one of the two doors that was left is two out of three chance of being the right door, the fact that he eliminates one of those two means this, the door that's left still has a two out of three chance of being the right door. Does that make sense to people? And that's why you should switch. So you all have imaginary urge numbers. That's great. And if you write a paper with Chris Miller, you can. it would definitely be on the complex plane. OK, so the point is that Jasper um, Carrot knows what the third one says, but he wants the drama of getting us to think maybe Scott voted himself off the island. But in fact, it's full. Scott, what can I say? What, just show us what you've got. 60 pounds, let's have a look. Let's get the oh, sorry. 60 pounds. Yeah. 50 pounds, 175. Yeah. And 300. Big money, guys. You missing out. <laughs> <laughs> so, absolute Fred, rubbish. Where'd you kill up? Right on the Let's have a look at it. 40 pounds. Right in the center. Yeah. And 1,500. Like I say, I'm still weak. So, you told the truth about all of this. 10,000. And 20,000. Been an interesting final. Scott, what a remarkable man you are. Um, but it's been great having you on. So you see the reputational. It's like God has rewarded him. Jasper Carrot, the god of the show. Thank you very much indeed. Would you split it? Oh, 100% I would have spit. 100% spit. But I think these guys will as well, so. Okay. All right. Okay. You've been to balls and you're out of the game. Thanks, Thanks for that. Thanks so much. With nothing. Clear? Leanne, Fred, check your two golden balls now. Be very careful. Don't show each other. Make sure you know which they are. You know which is which, Leanne? Fred, you happy? Happy. All right. Before I ask you to choose, I always give you a little bit of time to discuss today's events and how you want to progress. All day long, Sherry. I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> I said I'm going to I'm an honest person. You've seen that all along. Long. I just want to trust you. Right. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. I'll split. I'll Please split don't let me down. I'll let you down. You know, I said I wasn't going to cry. There's <laughs> nothing worse than being greedy in life. No. Trust me. And if, if that's the way you want to end up, trust me, if that's the way you want to end up, 
being greedy on Tally, I'm fine. Blame but I'm telling you now, please split with me. I'm from the bottom. Pretty much from the start. Splitting. Please. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you now to choose either your split or steel ball. Now, and hold it here. Now, before you open it, I'm going to ask you a very important question. Are you both happy with your choices? 100%. 100%. 100%? Yeah? I promise you. I'm going to count to three. And then I want you to reveal whether you have chosen your split or your steel ball. Ready? Three, two, one. Okay, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Do you believe me that they're both going to split? I know, but did I tell you the truth? I mean, she was crying, so. Yeah? So notice that, remember in the first one, um, that the guy, after they'd already made their irrevocable choices, he said, we're going home with 50,000 pounds each, I promise you. So maybe that's a clue, that if people talk after they've already chosen, then you can believe them. And it, because it doesn't matter what they say anymore. So you can believe them, although no longer, whether you believe them or not, no longer will make it can no longer make a difference to what you're going to do. Yeah. So wasn't in that one? Wasn't the guy the one that got screwed over? Because yeah. He said that, so he really believed that they were. Yeah, I mean, you can believe that he split. Oh, right. In other words, if people are still saying after there's after um, the die is cast. If people are still saying, still making promises, after there's no possibility um, for them either to to do anything that will either keep or violate the promise, they've already either violated or kept it. If they're still promising, then it looks like if we were doing side bets in this room, maybe we could believe them. That if they're still promising after they've already made their decision and the decision is can't be revoked then there's something about that which is really human, which is the kind of reassurance that it's going to be okay when there's um, no longer anything that can be taken, any action that can be taken. So the reassurance doesn't have an effect in the world. It has no causal power. It won't cause anyone to do anything. Um, for me, that's what's fascinating about this. Okay. Yay! So, pause it. So they've each just given up a ton of money. Why are they so happy? Why isn't each one thinking? Like what? They don't look like dicks? Yeah, they don't look like dicks. Um, but, but that's a lot of money to pay not to look like a dick. What would Trump do? <laughs> what would Trump have done? <laughs> you think? Yeah. If Obama and Trump played this game, it would be interesting. Would it matter to that's the point. Yeah. Well, let's let's say we're we're playing for a hundred million dollars. I could buy a condo. With a hundred million dollars, yeah, <laughs> you could. It's true. Yeah, is your hand up? No. Oh. No, they both split. Oh, okay. But you would think if you were a big enough jerk 
if someone were a big enough jerk, they wouldn't be happy. What they would be thinking to themselves is, or maybe they go home that night and they're thinking, oh man, I got caught up in the good feeling, but that's a lot of money that that good feeling got me caught up in. Um, I forget what it was, but I think it was about 20,000 pounds each. So, you know, serious money, not life-changing, to use Jasper Carrot's word, but serious money. Um, there's a lot, you, you know, it's, it's a semester's tuition at Brandeis. Oh. <laughs> What's tuition now? About, it, is, what is it? No, that, that includes room and board. Just pure tuition, I think, is... 53,000. 53,000, yeah, okay. All right, so it's, it's roughly, depending on the exchange rate, a semester's worth of tuition undiscounted. Or, you know, something that you could give to the soccer coach. Uh, to get in. Like the soccer coach at Yale, um, who got $400,000 to admit someone. That's the, I thought that was USC, or is it? No, no, USC was... Um, it was really... Right. Or Ivy adjacent, I mean, as we I like to say. But it's not to no, the school didn't get the money. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah, everyone is blaming the universities, but in in this case, this is the one case where it wasn't the university doing it. It was it was Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, everyone is everyone is using this as a reason to attack universities. Um Chris Miller, the guy I mentioned before, had a really good letter in the Globe. Um Saying how stupid, how stupid, um, admitting people um, even as athletes is, and how proud he is that Brandeis doesn't have a football team. So, um, all right, no, we're going to keep going. So, notice that they're really happy about this. Oh, is this the end of it? Um, yeah, keep going though, because we're going to do the weirdest split of steel ever. So, here's what they have to say about it. Oh, okay, so it's 5,000. It's not that much. We like to keep you guessing right up to the very end. Did we manage it? Or did you guess that that was going to happen? Join us again next time to see what happens here on Golden Ball. Well, when I won 5,000, that's brilliant. I've got my buzz ready next year and I can do it inside. My message for coming on Golden Balls is there is always someone you can trust. Find that person and enjoy yourself. What? Yeah. yeah. Yay! It's all togetherness. Yay! Kumbaya. How often do people split? Sorry? How often do people split? Not that often. Okay, so do the weirdest splitter steal ever, which I also sent you, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so this is, this is my favorite. Okay, last round. Welcome back to Golden Balls. After a run of big cash balls, Ibrahim and Nick 
now have 13,600 pounds in front of them. We know they've got it, but the golden question is, can they keep it? Ibrahim and Nick, you now face a very straightforward choice, but it's a choice <laughs> that could make one or both of you extra wealthy. All right, look at the... You could also lose both of you everything that you have fought for today. Okay, pause now. What do you think is going to happen? Which one? Okay. I think they're going to say they're going to steal the four. Let's see. Decide to split or steal. Abraham, Nick, you have two final golden balls in front of you, and they are the most important golden balls of the game. You each have a golden ball with the word split written inside. You both have a ball with the word steel written inside. You will know which is split and which is steel because you're going to have a look. If you both pick the split ball, you split the 13,600 and you go home with 6,800 each. If one of you chooses the steel ball and the other chooses the split ball, whoever chooses the steel ball goes home with the whole lot, 13,600. But if you both choose the steel ball, you leave today's game with what you came with. Nothing. <laughs> it's the ultimate test of faith, trust, and let's face it, greed. Take a moment to look at the balls in front of you so you know for definite which is split and which is steel, but obviously keep them concealed from each other. Just have a look. Okay. It's the easiest <laughs> choice, but the most difficult one. What I want you to do is to spend half a minute talking to each other about what you both should do. Nick, Abraham. Abraham, I want you to um, trust me. 100% I'm going to pick the steel ball. Sorry, you're that. I'm going to choose the steel ball. I want you to do split, and I promise you that I will split the money with you. Well, I'll pick the steel. Yeah. You're going to take steel. Yeah. I'm going to take split. Yeah. So you take the money. And I'm supposed to be there. After the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pause it. Everyone get it? What's the incentive to split it down the middle? Or did he, you mean he say he... that he was splitting it down No, no. Well, he he's implying that he's going to split well, it down the middle. Wouldn't it be the same thing as if they both pick split? He's like, I'll just do it afterwards? But, well, so what's the difference? I mean... It kind of makes sense because if he said, I'm going to pick the steel ball, you know if you also hit steel, neither of you are getting anything, and then what, what's the point? Uh-huh. So. So he's making it impossible for Ibrahim to win anything unless he trusts Nick. Right. Wow. That's a smart thing. It makes sense. Yeah, that's what Link Faye said. Yeah, it is. That's why I was wondering if he was here. But I, or sorry that he wasn't. Um, so just make fun of him if you see him. Um, all right. What do you think Ibrahim is going to do? He's going to split it. 
He should steal he's going to steal it. Yeah, he. The question is, does he get pissed off enough to say screw that, yeah, or? He has thirty seconds to make a decision. Yeah. The anger probably won't settle by that. Right. Nice. Yeah. The anger won't settle by then. I like that. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I promise you, I'll do that. If 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 you do steal, we both walk away with nothing. I'm telling you, one hundred percent, I'm going to do it. I appreciate that. Change balls. You cannot change your balls now. Okay, stop. Okay, what do you guys think? They could possibly both uh, split. They're, he said he's going to steal, and he's honest, and you think he's going to split? No, that'd be a way to force the other person to like, guarantee to split, so that'd be a good way to ensure that they could both split. Uh -huh. If they force that, if he forces the other person to split, then he changes his mind, makes a split. That's a like, guaranteed yeah, but split. But it's risky because we get mad enough to say, like, no, like, I don't trust you. None of us are getting anything. Well, it's risky either way, but this one's kind of guaranteed. Okay, so wait, so Joseph, you're saying that Nick, even though he said he's going to steal, is going to split? Possibly, yeah. That's okay. the way I can see it. All right, what would you do if you were, if you suddenly found yourself teleported into his body at this point? What would you do? The one on our right? Which one? Yeah, Nick on the right, on our right. I mean, I would split. Okay, how many people would split if you were Nick after you swore you would steal? <laughs> Joseph, you should be raising your hand. Your what? You, you, should, you just said you would do it, but you're not raising your hand. Oh, saying split? Yeah. yeah. You split, you split Ian? Um, I think so, yeah. All right, what if you were Ibrahim, the guy on the left? I would steal. The smart thing to do is to split. Because yeah, you have to take him out of the equation and put yourself in the, you have two choices, no money or maybe money. Yeah. I would go with maybe money. Yeah, go with maybe Because like, if you pick stealing, he says he's going to steal, then like, 
you're probably not going to get any money. And I mean, there's always the chance that like if you pick Steel and he actually ended up doing Split, like you get the most, but there's really no guarantee that that would happen. It seems very slim, so I'd probably just go for the maybe money. Yeah, especially since he said he's definitely going to steal, which means that if you if he's stealing and you steal, that's it. Your only chance now for the money if he steals, interestingly enough, your only chance for the money if he is um, if he steals is if you split. So it used to be that your only chance for the money was for the other person to split. That was always the only chance for the money was for the other person to split. Um, now the only chance given that the other person is going to steal is if you split. And that's the position that Nick on the right has put Ibrahim on the left in. Okay. Split or steal? Congratulations, you're Okay, stop, pause. Why do you think he's not a man anymore? He's not a man. It turns out, by the way, um, that Ibrahim is lying. His father never said that to him. They did an interview on, I think, on Radio Lab um, with these guys a year or two later. And Ibrahim said, Yeah, I just cooked up that whole line about a man who doesn't keep his word. My father always taught me. He said, I just made that up. Because it sounded it was, genuine, too. It sounded genuine, but it was a lie. Um, and he, was de- he, he went in planning to steal. And um, he came up. So this really worked. So what, what um, Nick did got Abraham to split when he was absolutely determined to steal um, when he was strategizing what he would do in the show. And um, so this totally worked that he split when he, when he had no intention of splitting. But why did Nick split? Why did the other guy split, the guy who said he was going to steal? Joseph. Ian, since you both said you would split, why? Why did he split? Yeah. Well, I think that was his intention from the get-go. Yeah. It just, he, he set the entire situation up to force the other person to split, guarantee that the other person would split, and then they split. But yeah. he wanted from the get-go to get split, but he had some, he had to figure out a way how to guarantee that the other person would split, and that was his method of guaranteeing that. But why doesn't he just do what he said he was going to do, which is to steal and then split after the game? That's really complicated. <laughs> this is for showmanship. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of here, too. I think he was trying to show he could beat the game. I think there might be another reason, which is um, he says he's definitely going to steal. Yeah. I think it's like, if for any reason, like, the other person, Okay, so yeah, I think what he's thinking is if the, the word in game theory is dominates, like dominant genes, is that saying he's going to steal puts huge pressure on Ibrahim to split. Um, however, Ibrahim is really pissed off. And he says, I know what you are, you're an idiot. And, um, and um, what Ibrahim may decide is um, this guy is never going to give me half the money. So Abraham has two ways of thinking of it. One is the only way I get any money is if I split. Otherwise, I don't have any money, any chance for money. Um, whereas usually in the game, it's the only way I can get money if I steal. And if I split, that's the only way that I'm not sure that the other person um, won't beat me. Now, however, what Nick has done is he's put an idea into Abraham's head, which is that it's okay to split after the game. That is, that that's a thing you can do. 
And Jasper Carrot has not, has said, you know, there's no legal force, but it's a thing you can do. So what what Nick may be thinking is Ibram may be pissed off. He may think I'm an asshole. He may he may not trust me. He may think I would never do something like that. Um, and he's just going to say fuck it and steal, and we'll both lose tough. If I split, he's going to think, oh my god. This guy was a good guy, and he also gave me an idea, which is you can split after the game. So I got all the money, but the right thing to do now would be for me to split. So it puts further pressure on Ibrahim that even if Ibrahim does steal, there's still a chance that they'll split the pot. Whereas if Ibrahim steals and Nick does what he said he was going to do, which is to steal, then there's no chance for any of them getting half the pot. So what Nick has done is he's played the angles perfectly. So if Ibrahim had stolen, he still had, Nick still had a chance for some money. Whereas the way the game worked originally was that wasn't true. Okay, let's just finish it off. pounds. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't hear it actually. I fr- oh yes, I'll respray my yacht. He'll repaint it. Oh. <laughs> he didn't need the money because he has a yacht. Well, I don't think he actually has a yacht. 